Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, Daniel here again. Uh, just a reminder, this is the second of a two-part episode. Uh, this part features Taylor Martin of Mod and Best Damn Coffee and a lot of other things. Uh, this is mostly about coffee with a little bit of productivity and some tech, so stick around. It's a great conversation. My name is Taylor. Taylor Martin, I guess. I don't know if, if, if not last names are important. Um, I think I... some of my people will know you. I just, I, I, I don't know... If everybody will, so oh, okay. Well, I, I don't want to assume. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't ever assume people know who I am. It's a really bad way to go about things. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I reviewed phones for God about six years. I guess it was a long time. And you're not that old, so you've yeah, been I'm, doing I'm that a while. Twenty-five. I started at nineteen. Wow. I guess it might have been right before I turned nineteen. So yeah, I, I did it for a long time. Um, First for phone dog, or I guess technically, if we're going to be really specific, first for Beeberry Dog, which was Phone Dog's BlackBerry enthusiast website. Yes, I remember Beeberry Dog. What a terrible yeah. name. It was a terrible name, and it was my decision to shut it down. And, Good. Uh, I did, <laughs> and I got pulled into the fold at Phone Dog and did that for three years. And then I left there after some turmoil, I guess you could call it, and went to Pocket Now, where I stayed for a little over a year. Yep. hung out that's where i really met everybody started making friends and started that's where i met people. you you were yeah. at uh i think we met when i want to say it was like a, a new york trip probably that, for like an lg or an htc phone or something or that, it could have been that would CES. have been for phone dog because I, I didn't do a ton of traveling for pocket now because michael was in boston so he, mm. he always just hopped over to new york right so it would have been for phone dog but maybe still yeah uh that's where i met michael too the story about he and I met, or how he and I met, was kind of interesting as well. Tell me. I, I really hate that he's not on here right now. I know. I I, I wish he could be. He's uh, he's doing some, you know, he's he's a video reviewer extraordinaire, and he yeah. does uh, everything in natural light. So, yeah. or not as not everything, but I guess as much as he can. Um, yeah, it's tough. It I tough. I always find that really amazing when when people just like take their cameras out into the street and just film. <laughs> among the people yeah i you did know, it they, for a while we it, must seem crazy to them I've, I've had a lot of people stop me and be like what are you doing and i can't even remember exactly what this guy asked me he asked me if i was like an astronomer or something mm. i was sitting inside a coffee shop pointing my camera down at a phone and he asked me if i was an astronomer and and i'm like what is <laughs> what, what is what does that even come from um yeah, it definitely puts you on the spot and makes a lot of people turn their heads, but you get used to it after a while, I guess, because the natural light is definitely very helpful. Oh, yeah. It makes everything just look so smooth, and, and, and I don't know. Like, it's it's weird. I started, you know, reviewing things, and, and you probably did with, like, really bad cameras. 
Yeah. And then over the years, the camera sensors got better, our equipment got better, our eyes got better. So the framing just improved. But the early videos of everybody who used to do, I mean, I'm not saying I'm in the same league as you or Michael, but even even like just looking back at my own videos, I know, you know, just I would use like this one tungsten bulb on the ceiling at night in my bedroom to film things. And the finished product was really awful. Dude. I encourage you to go back and look at my first video. It's it's super embarrassing for me. It's really, really embarrassing, but it's also it's it's nice for me to go back and look at it and see that I'm not that bad anymore. So you know, that I, I have improved at least some. I don't know. I mean, I feel comfortable in front of a camera now, which is something I couldn't say back then, but it was really, really bad. And I think the video was like three and a half minutes long. And I recall it taking me about eight hours just to shoot, not to edit, just to shoot that video because I was determined uh, to not do jump cuts, to just get the whole thing done in one take. And I eventually did. So three and a half minutes of talking straight off the cuff without messing up once. took me eight hours. (laughs) That sounds like a Stanley Kubrick shoot. Oh, God, it was so bad. I'll never, ever in my life try to do that again. Of course I couldn't. I suck at talking in front of a camera. Everybody does. And then you just get frustrated and even more frustrated, and then you mess up even more. And yeah, uh, yeah. so, okay, so Pocket Now, and then uh, and then you went to Android Authority, right? Yeah, so I left Pocket Now in November of 2014. And then I had a non-compete, just full disclosure. I had a non-compete, so I couldn't go back to another technology company until that was up. And uh, frankly, at the time, I was I was okay with that because I was burned out. I had, I kind of resented technology because I had just done it for so long and just nonstop, day in, day out. I mean, people always said, you have a cake job. I'd love to have your job. And then it, when in reality, I'm spending, you know, 15 hours a day, six days a week doing nothing but shooting videos and editing videos about phones or writing about them, it got to be really old really quickly. And... I just kind of put up with it for a long time until I couldn't anymore. So when I left, I really didn't have much of an interest to do it again. So I started looking at some other options that were kind of related, but outside that realm. And I knew that I wanted to be doing something on YouTube because I had done it for so long. And I knew, you know, like the back of my hand and I've been building things my whole life. So I made my own YouTube channel and uh, the way that I did that and was able to afford to just jump and create a youtube channel out of out of thin air and live off it was i went to a company that i covered products for or or the apps for while i was at pocket now it was outside the realm because i was covering productivity not technology and uh yeah i, I freelanced for todoist i still am uh, but that's how I, I made videos for todoist but put them on my youtube channel and it was it's pretty good setup that's a pretty <laughs> sweet gig yeah I know I saw a bunch of your uh, of your uh, Todoist videos, and I'm not sure if it's you specifically, but I certainly started using the app around the time that you started representing them, or at least making videos, because I was in this sort of middle state where, like, Wonderlist, Todoist, you know, all these great productivity apps were coming out and improving, and on Android especially, they were getting a whole lot better, but. I wasn't sure how to implement them into my life. It was very difficult to find 
a workflow that allowed me to bring them into my day naturally instead of having to go, oh, right, I need to use Todoist right now, or I need to do what, use Wonderlist right now. Like, it's 8, it's 8 a.m., let's open the app. Um, and I, uh, you know, from your YouTube videos and a bunch of others, I kind of figured out a way to make it work, and then it just sort of became a bit more natural. Yeah, like now if I go a day without checking off my stuff on Todoist, I feel weird, like out of place. It's like leaving home without a wallet or, you know, forgetting your That's... shirt or something. <laughs> so, I mean, how did you um how did you get into that idea? Like what what made you want to be that guy to do productivity videos, help videos, make like DIY videos? Well, I'd been making things my whole life. My dad is an engineer and I started carpentry when I was like 6 or 5 or something like that. So, I was I was age 7 when I built all the cabinets for the house that we lived in that I grew up in. So, holy shit. <laughs> so I, I just kind of used what I learned as a kid and went with DIY. The productivity was just kind of out of necessity. I, I cold called Todoist. I just randomly sent him an email. I'm like, hey, I'm starting a YouTube channel. Do you want to work together? And they loved the idea. So that was pure luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was really just all it was uh the the idea for mod or the youtube channel the diy youtube channel actually came from the time i was at pocket now because what had happened was they were asking us to step outside the bounds a little bit and create some stuff or videos that weren't exactly like everything else we were making and the idea i came up with was installing a tablet in the dash of my car and uh, they said that they didn't want to do that so I said, okay, then can I make one on my own, on my own channel? And I did that. I made my own channel. I made mod like two or three years ago, but I only put that one video on there. So that's where it came from. And when I really got, you know, uh, when I got pushed past the limit, when I just totally got burned out, I just picked up where I left off. So it was it was kind of there waiting for me. So... The kinds of videos that you've made on mod, um, you know, making your own wallet, uh, you know, kind of the, these, what seems simple, but <clears throat> I guess to somebody like me, who's not super handy, uh, still takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of uh, expertise. How do you uh, decide which projects to take on? Uh, what, what inspires you? Uh, typically I find something that I want to fix in my daily life and just figure out how to, uh, that, that's how it started at least. Now it's kind of, some of the projects get recommended and some of them I just think are cool. I just come across something. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. I'll do it too. Um, and, and of course, if I take an idea from somebody, I always put my own spin on it and I always credit them for having the original plans or whatever it may be. But, um, like for the wallet, that wasn't my plan. I found that on Instructables, and some other guy made it, but he made it with rivets instead of uh, red thread. And, but it looks very much the same. I wanted a really slim wallet. I liked his design, so I put a little spin on it, gave him credit, and showed people how to make a wallet. Uh, but some of the other things I just came up with, like I've built smartphone tripods. It's the most rickety, weird-looking thing ever, but it works, and it was just a challenge for me. And that's where a lot of the stuff does come from. I, I want to challenge myself and do something I haven't done before. 
So what I, w- I did, I went to a hardware store. I walked through a couple of aisles, picked up some random stuff and made something out of it. And yeah, it, it's just basically <laughs> the best way to put it. Anything on mod is just something that I enjoy uh, in some way or another. It's one of my passions because I, I do a little bit of technology. I do a little bit of productivity, a little bit of vlogging, a little bit. Of, I mean, I do a little bit of everything. And, and right now I'm actually working on a game review which is a first for me game review not a big massive video game but a a totally cross-platform rpg that's actually pretty compelling it's called wait you're making the game or you're writing a review of a game yeah i'm just writing or doing a video review it's called crashlands yeah i i i actually uh just downloaded it today yeah i've been playing it for a few days and uh it's it's addictive it's very it sounds it, um, but it's but you can play it on Mac, Windows, Android, or iOS, and your progression syncs across all four. So I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool. I that's like really neat. So I'm I'm curious because um, you know I I think you and I have uh, a lot in common uh, aside from me being absolutely useless making things. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, so you build wallets. <laughs> I wish. Um, how? How much of your sort of daily life still revolves around tech? Or, or on the flip side, how much do you force yourself to be analog? I don't at all, really. Um, the, the only way that I really avoid technology is when I'm around people. If I'm hanging out with friends, if I'm around family or people in general, I don't look at my phones or use technology as much as possible. I, I go out of my way to avoid it. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a product of being the tech guy. For so long, I, I got stigmatized. You know, just because I carried two phones or I always had a new phone, people assumed that I was the guy that pulled out my phone in the middle of a, a conversation with someone or somebody's talking to me and I'm looking down at my phone, which I can't recall a single time that I've ever done. I hate it when people do that to me and I avoid it. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm connected all the time, uh, and, and I kind of have to be now. I'm accessible because I, I freelance for CNET and Todoist and other companies, and I have a YouTube channel, and I just launched a website, and I stay very busy and very connected. So being a freelancer, I mean, it's a very different life. Uh, it's a different role um, to yourself and to others. Uh, what what made you want to be that uh, untethered to to any one job, or is it just a, a natural, uh, you know, progression from just doing a bunch of projects that you love? Yeah, it, it just kind of fell in place. I mean, the Todoist thing, like I said, it was kind of pure luck. <laughs> I never expected them to get back to me and be like, "Yeah, let's do it." Because, you know, this guy, who is this guy starting his own right. little channel? You know, um, but from there, it was just kind of one after another. Once you get into this rhythm of freelancing, people, I guess, take notice, um, at least other people who are freelancing. And uh, Jason Cipriani has helped me out a lot just because I knew he was a freelancer. I asked him for some advice and he pointed me in the right direction. But it's... I don't know. I, honestly, the last two years are kind of a blur just because it's just 
it's been one thing after another because I, I stepped out and I'm not, you know, under a company anymore doing the same thing every single day. People are still following me, but I'm always doing something different. And I think that kind of grabs people's attention a little bit. And Do you ever feel scattered though? Like you're not oh. sure what you are meant to be doing in life or, you know, what your, what your sort of destiny is or, or how to, you know, how to move forward from doing a bunch of different projects all at the same time? Uh, I wouldn't say that I don't know what my destiny is or any of that, but I would say that I do feel scattered. Every single day I work for anywhere from one to four companies and then also myself. So right. it's crazy and hard to keep it track. I mean, that's why I need something like Todoist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the, the videos I make are, are actually, like I use to do us a crazy amount. Um, but um, no, I know what my end goal is. And a lot of the things that I'm currently doing are stepping stones to that. Uh, not necessarily like the individual freelance jobs I have, but the projects I'm working on and, you know, like my YouTube channel. I have an end goal for it. But right now I can't live off what I make on the YouTube channel. So I'm doing all these other things. And I know that if I can ever live off my YouTube channel, I would drop everything and do just that. And I think, I think that's the eventual goal is to just work for myself. I've, I've always had that goal, I guess. And uh, it's, it's caused some problems with some past employers just because I'm a little headstrong in the mm -hmm. way I do things. And I like a little more control than a lot of them are willing to give. So the freelance thing have, definitely allows me to just have that, the freedom and the control to do what I need to do and just not have somebody standing over me. So, so I, I want to I wanna move on um, a little bit because yeah, I know uh, you, you have a, a meeting and, and that meeting sort of you know, pertains to, to what, I'm, what I want to talk about. Um, you love coffee. You love coffee. You're drinking it, I'm assuming, right now. <laughs> do, you, do you see what the mug says? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Hold it up again. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Most important meal of the day. <laughs> so you, um, I, I guess I've uh, known about your sort of coffee obsession uh, because you made videos about how to make great coffee for your mod channel. And uh, you and I have a very similar sort of brewing retinue. Um, and, and you just launched a, a website. So tell me about that and, and how that got started because I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah, I about two years ago, I made my coffee with a Keurig and it was terrible and I knew it and I drank it because I wanted a little bit of a boost of energy or if I got coffee, I got it at a coffee shop, which I, I'm a regular at Dilworth Coffee in Charlotte. Like if you walk in and you don't see me, I'm either podcasting, making a video or sick. <laughs> and that's just people know that. Um, but once I started... I moved away from Charlotte and I was, you know, an hour, two hours away from Dilworth. So I got my own brewer from home, uh, something I wanted to make a little better coffee with. And it was just a little pour over cone. It was like five bucks. I'm like, I, I can figure this out. And the difference in the taste of the coffee that I was drinking and what I was making at the time was, you know, night and day. And I thought, wow, I've arrived. This is it. This is amazing coffee. And... 
I keep saying that all the time. Like <laughs> every time I try a new brew method or tweak something, I try something, some new coffee. It's always like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, not always. There are some really, really bad coffees out there, but it, it's just this, the more I, the deeper I got into it, the more I realized, wow, there's like no bottom. There just isn't. You can keep digging and you're going to keep finding stuff. And, and I've been really interested in coffee, I guess, for the last year or so. And in that time, I just keep, the more I learn, the less I know is the best way to put it. Because it's just like, oh, there are different varieties of coffee. And then you start learning about them. And then you're like, how do you even keep track of any of this? You know, how do you know what makes this variety better than that variety? How should you brew this? What should you avoid? Like, and then my eyes were opened again. Uh, the, the guy I'm going to go meet later is a roaster, and he invited me to come to his roastery one day, and he just started rambling off stuff. And I'm like, how do you possibly know this? Like, he was going through, I think it was 10-second increments of the time it takes for him to roast the coffee. Every 10 seconds, if it's off, you know, he checks the temperature. If the temperature is off or if it's not rising fast enough or if this is happening that batch could be ruined. And I'm like, how do you, he, he only started like a year or two years ago. And I'm like, how in the world can you get this coffee from somewhere, some other country and know that you should roast it this way? Because he was showing me, he has several different roasting profiles and he'll roast every single coffee differently. How do you know that? And it, and it just, I don't know, started opening my mind to how little we really know about coffee, which sounds crazy and pretentious and stupid, I know, but but it's also true because you ask these coffee professionals something about coffee and every single one of them has a different answer for the same question. Every last one of them. And that it's I think it's completely opposite of what I've been doing and known for the last six, seven years. You ask pretty much anybody in tech about a phone. And they all pretty much have the same answer. Like, you'll get this big divide between Android and iOS, or one person can love and one person can hate this phone, but you get similar opinions across the board, right? Whether they're two similar opinions that differ, or one unanimous opinion um, in coffee, everything is different all the time. Everybody enjoys something different, and it, I, I think I that might be why I enjoy it so much. I also just like the taste, but... Yeah, so it's it's the it's the tinkerer in you, and yeah, it's that's the, probably the best way to put it. Uh, and, and the experimenter, and and the the lover of good things. I mean, it's what what I find about uh, good coffee is that it's so simple. At the end of the day, you know, especially when it comes to something like a pour over, um, you know, there there are only a few real there there are a few main methods you know with which to brew coffee. One is an immersion, like a, um, a French, French press. press. So you basically grind some coffee beans, put it in a container, soak soak them with water for four minutes, and then plunge so that none of the fil- none of the you know jagged bits get through your filter. And then you pour and you drink. Uh, and then there's the you know sort of pour over or um, percolator, which is very similar, where you have a bunch of coffee and you put it in a cone or or some other filter and you pour coffee over it and 
depending on the grind and the speed at which you pour, the water will filter through that coffee at a certain speed and you'll and, and the water will then take that coffee extract and bring it down into the container and, and then you get your coffee flavor that way. And then there's fucking Keurig, which <laughs> is like, or the variants of which, which are these little pods that are sort of like tea bags. Um, they're actually exactly like tea bags, in the, but uh, instead of immersing it in the coffee, it's still, I guess it is sort of percolating, right? Because it, it exposes it's, the coffee to the water and it just pushes that water through to your, to your cup. Yeah, it's just a, it's a drip brewing method. It's no different than your you know, eight cup brewer, other than the fact that it only brews one cup at a time. And it's also kind of weak. I mean, they yeah. just don't put enough coffee in there. They let you pour like, or or make like a sixteen ounce cup, but you're using like ten grams of coffee, and it's if that. Oh man, yeah, it's so like it's watered down coffee. No matter what, if if you want strong coffee out of a Keurig, you have to use two pods for one cup and do yeah. like eight ounce cups for each yeah. pod, or six ounce if you can. But uh, there's also espresso. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can't forget that. Oh, of course. And I, I would have actually if you hadn't brought it up. But I uh, <laughs> do you have a home espresso machine? I don't. I wish I did. I don't have the money or the space for a, an espresso machine right now. Because the one I want, I wouldn't just get like a $100 or $200 espresso machine. The one I want starts at like a thousand and then you need, you know, like a $300 grinder or you can't get fine enough coffee for your espresso machine. So it's, it's an investment. So which co- which espresso machine would you want? Oh, I told, well, I mean, I know what I want, but that's not the one I can afford. Well, which one do you, I mean, which one would you want if you could afford it? If I could afford it, uh, Slayer. Just, just Slayer. I don't know that one. They, they started at about nine grand holy <laughs> yeah there's that and then there's um a speedster that one starts at like 10 or 11 grand those are like crazy small coffee shop like if you own one of those you should probably have a business um i'm trying to look for the name of the one my friend just bought one and, and i'm not really in uh into espresso as much just because of what i've had like my progression with with drip coffee or you know oppressed coffee is I've been doing it for like a year now and I, I've learned the differences in good and bad coffee espresso I'm still at like the Keurig stage you know what I mean like I haven't mm-hmm. really explored that very much um, but my friend just bought an Astra uh, I don't know the model number or anything but it's about a thousand dollars and from what I hear if you do homemade or espresso at home that's that's the machine to get but it's also, right. you know, $1,000. So I need a new lens for my camera. I need a new computer. <laughs> I need a lot of other things before I worry about an espresso machine at home. I think that's what's so interesting about uh, home coffee brewing is, um, you know, since the invention of the Chemex 
which is a fairly old, now a fairly old uh, invention. It's about 60 years old, but it wasn't really used for coffee until the 70s, I believe. Um, you know, and other types of pour-over um, methods like uh, the the simple brewer. Um, there's also the AeroPress, which sort of makes espresso-like coffee uh, in its own way. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a mixture between a drip coffee like a pour-over and the French press. Mm-hmm. And a, not quite espresso, but close. It's about as close as you can get. Um, but it it also depends how you brew it, right? Because yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you've experimented a lot with with the AeroPress. If you use a an an inverted method, it's more like a French press. But then if you use it with its standard method, you brew less coffee, uh, and it because the filter is on the bottom, um, the water is being pulled through the filter while you're brewing it. Uh, so you're basically told to make an espresso-like drink. Um, and AeroPress is, like, there are so many recipes for AeroPress. Yeah, there are. Like, you, you, can, you can brew 50 grams of, of water and just do sort of a, you could basically just pull an espresso shot, or you can make 250 grams of, of, of coffee and then, you know, drink it like you would a regular cup of coffee. So. That's what I find so really, so fascinating about the AeroPress is that it's so versatile um and there are so many people who have made different kinds of tastes using this one method. This like $30 pl- yeah. piece of plastic that was created by the the Arobi frisbee guy. Yeah, so <laughs> interesting. Um yeah, actually the the closest you can get to espresso at home without having an espresso machine is a stovetop maker. It's like a percolator, but it's a little different. It's a mocha pot. Okay. Have you ever used one? No, I've, I, I don't even think I have ever even considered one. Uh, you can find them for pretty cheap, like anywhere from like 5 to to $100. So you, you have a range of them, uh, but they all basically work the same. You have a lower chamber on the bottom and you fill it with water. And there's a basket in the middle, and you pack it. Well, don't pack it, but you fill it with uh, extremely fine coffee grounds. And then you put this the basket over the water, screw the top on, and it uses steam power to push the water up through the coffee, and it spews out the top. There are okay. videos of them exploding on YouTube. They're kind of terrifying. They have a pressure release valve that if it gets damaged, it will explode. I mean, I mean it's just... <laughs> Yeah, they're terrifying. I have one. Um, I use it like once a year, if that. Yeah, my uh, my mother in law. Whenever I because she's Turkish, we go over to her house and uh, she makes us Turkish coffee, which is mud. so good. It's called mud, is it not? Mud. It is mud at the at the bottom, <laughs> and they actually um, they use that mud to read your uh, future. So it basically you turn over your cup onto the saucer. And then all of the and and then you wait for it to all to sort of drip out onto the saucer, and then you turn your cup over again, and the mud has made lines on the sides and on the bottom of the cup. And if you are you know well versed in Turkish lore, you can figure <laughs> out your future. And my uh, my mother in law loves telling me that 
uh, she's seen travel and children in my future. And she loves that she loves whenever she reads my coffee, uh, seeing kids in my future. So I think the game's rigged, but uh, yeah, I, fi- I always find it cute that she says so she wants to do it. Yeah, I haven't actually tried Turkish coffee, and I, I'd like to, but there's not a place around here that I know of that will do Turkish coffee because I do live in the South, and that's, I'll leave it at that. I live in the South. <laughs> All right, not, man, fair enough. Yeah, you can always not, come over and uh, drink Turkish coffee up in Toronto. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to meet up with, uh, with Mark. Um, so listen, uh, let's, um, let's turn a little bit to your new website. So we, we kind of like, we touched on it a little bit. Um, but tell me about, uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the name, but I, I love the name. I think it's, I think it's great. And you're, you're using the new, uh, you know, domain, yeah. yeah <laughs> top level domain to its best. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what to call it at first. I had talked about it with all of my friends, literally everyone I knew. I had told them about this website, and I'm like, hey, what do you think I should call it? And some people said Cup of Joe Co., uh, and I had that domain. And it was, I was like, that's okay. That's not bad. And I went through probably, I probably bought like 20 domains just because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to call it. And finally, one day I'm like, God, what is this? I don't even really know what I'm doing anymore. And my girlfriend said, well, what do you want it to be about? What is the website about? And I said, the best damn coffee. She said, just call it that. So I did. I, I Googled it. Uh, there was nothing there. I went to Namecheap. All the domains were open. And I'm like, all right. I bought the best damn coffee.com. And I'm like, wait, dot coffee is a, a TLD. I'll try that. Got it. So oh, man, I scored. That must have felt so good. Yeah. And it was available for everything. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, there wasn't anything on YouTube about it. It wasn't anywhere except some asshole on Twitter. <laughs> oh, no. He has best damn coffee, and he's never tweeted. He followed, like, I think eight roasters, and that's it. That's it. And I screwed up. I did a giveaway, or I'm currently doing a giveaway, and one of the things that you can do to enter is follow me on Twitter, which is best damn coffees with an S. Mm. And... I typed the wrong thing into the giveaway. So it sent everybody to follow that other guy. <laughs> and how many followers did he gain? Uh, like 80 some, something like Bastards. that. I know, uh, but oh, I'm going to, well. somebody did send me a link that uh, says if he, it was a, a terms of service from Twitter. If he's not tweeted or logged in in six months, they will release the account. Which yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to try it. Not automatically. You know, you have to know somebody from Twitter. Um, I had a, a similar situation where for every new service, I sign up for at BAD, like just at bad, mm-hmm. because I, I, it's super simple and I love it. And uh, back when, uh, what was it? Um, app.net. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So I got app.net at bad and I was like, oh, I want that on Twitter. So I went to the, to the Twitter account and uh, it was dormant like the guy signed up in 2007 and hasn't hasn't tweeted since 2010 but he's he logs in and every once in a while i guess he just like scrolls through his feed and because of that it disqualifies me from from getting that account so yeah, yeah i mean you don't really need to do anything on twitter you just need to sign in every once in a while and that you can hold on to it yeah uh 
and at mod is suspended has been for years so and you can't get it no i think it's because it's mod like moderator yeah. oh okay yeah that makes i don't sense. i don't know but it's i don't know that it's ever been in use so i can't get that that's why the youtube channel isn't just mod on all the social media because i can't get mod yeah and sometimes three-letter twitter accounts uh puts you in the crosshairs of trolls and harassers and people like that and hackers i, I remember uh, a few years ago somebody wanted three-letter twitter accounts they took matt honan's oh yeah uh, life over and, and that was all identity? just for his twitter account yeah spent his money <laughs> that's so fucked up that that yeah. happened um so how's uh how's best damn coffee going so tell me a little bit about it so i i know it's sort of like a product hunt ish interface where you kind of upvote and and downvote certain coffees but what what's the what's the thinking behind uh the kind of website that it is well it all started the idea for it started when i started getting into coffee and i started looking around for roasts that i wanted to try and where like I wanted to try different things. So I signed up for a subscription service. I signed up for Blue Bottle. I signed up for a few others just to try to, you know, get a feel for things. And I, it kind of sucked because it was just like, okay, you can get all the single origins from Blue Bottle or you can get, you know, this from another roaster. But what if I wanted to try a bunch of different stuff, all the different coffees? I mean, it's highly unlikely. There are tens of thousands of types of coffees, but I wanted to try stuff and I wanted to learn about roasters that, I'd never heard of before. And there is a way to do that. There's a subscription service currently. It's called Angel's Cup. And I didn't actually find out about that until like three or four days ago. Um, But it's a a subscription service that will send you a coffee from a different roaster uh, every week if you want. Uh, So that's cool. But if I don't want to sign up for a subscription service and I want to do the searching for myself, there's nothing out there for that. Well, there is now, but there wasn't. Um, you couldn't go anywhere. You could go to r slash coffee on Reddit and some people will give suggestions uh, daily or weekly, but I didn't get a lot of love on Reddit. I was actually told not to come back for once. Uh, I wasn't banned, but they said uh, my posts were not welcome there. One of the mods did because I had mentioned what the website I was building was about and they said, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Huh. It's like, okay, I'm not trying to scalp your users i'm just like yeah you know reddit subreddits are super protective of their own people it's it's very strange it's cult-like actually yeah and outside that you can go to the forums on coffee geek or you can go to different places but it's all just kind of disbanded and there's no easy way to find that so what I did was I took one of the best ideas I've found on the internet for finding and discovering new things, which is Product Hunt, and I turned that into the framework for a coffee website. And uh, I was afraid that Product Hunt wouldn't like it at first because it's kind of taking what they've done and applying it to just some other idea. Uh, but they really liked it, actually, because I launched the website last Monday at midnight. And I was up until about 7 a.m. working on it, publishing a video, and just getting everything in order. I went to bed at about 7.45, and two hours later, I woke up to hundreds of messages. Uh, Because up until 7.45, nothing had happened. Like, five people had signed up for the site. There wasn't anything submitted. It was just dormant. And that's what I had expected. And somebody had hunted it on Product Hunt. And 
my week was just a roller coaster from there. It was it was pretty insane. Just dozens and dozens of coffees being submitted and over 200 users, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you t- consider that the specialty coffee market is so small, that's that's something to me. I was very happy to see it. Um, and have you learned about different coffees so far? Have you have you been able to talk with people who you otherwise wouldn't have been, you know, able to find? Yeah, uh, West Coast Roasters or Roasting West Coast Roasting has a roastery um, or is a roaster from L.A. And mm-hmm. he was one of the first really active members. Uh, the guy, his username is Poison. And he just started submitting stuff. He shared the link everywhere and just started talking to me about coffee. And he's actually sending me some coffee for me to try. Um, today he submitted a coffee that he made specifically for Charlie Sheen. That's awesome. <laughs> it's called Blend 55, and it was made for him. And a dollar of every pound that's sold goes to a charity for uh, HIV it's a really cool little setup he has going on, but I found out, you know, a lot of stuff from him and a lot of different roasters have posted their stuff, which I didn't expect. I figured it would just be people submitting their favorite coffees, but some roasters have, have popped up and I've learned a lot, actually. Um, I haven't bought any coffees yet, and that's because I that so many roasters have reached out saying, hey, do you want to try our coffee? That I, if I buy coffee right now, I'm just wasting my money because yeah, because coffee goes bad. A lot of people don't know that because they keep their coffee for months and months. But the ideal uh, grinding slash drinking time is between two weeks and a month for most single origin or or like newly newly roasted blends. So yep. don't hold your coffee in the freezer thinking that it'll stay fresh because it just doesn't actually stay fresh. No, it doesn't, and. Um, right now, I have about six pounds of coffee that oh, I have purchased myself. So the, the the new coffees that these people are sending have not even come in. And I'm just brewing like three, four, five cups a day just trying to get through it and, and testing and not finishing everything because I can't physically. I'll go insane. Um, so t- tell me, um, what what is the, I mean, have you thought about sort of the long-term plan? Uh, is there a business model at all for Best Damp Coffee? Yeah, there there definitely is. Um, so because I didn't really say it before, it's just if you don't know what Product Hunt is, uh, Product Hunt called the Best Damn Coffee Product Hunt for Coffee. And the premise is someone comes to the site with a coffee that they like, that they've recently tried, something they've been drinking for years, and they submit that coffee. I go through uh, their submit or their submission I find any information that I can. I put it in the appropriate place. I fix any grammatical errors. And then I go to the website that they've listed where you can buy that coffee online. I find every last little bit of detail that I can about that coffee. So the varietal, um, its origins, what elevation it was grown at, what how it was processed after it was picked. I put all that information in and then I submit it to the website. And from there, if you go to a coffee, uh, you can find coffees that are similar, either based on origin or how they were roasted or processed or their flavors. Um, they're all, there's a lot of different stuff. As for the business plan, right now it does not make money outside of affiliate links that I have scattered throughout the site, which if you've ever dealt with affiliate links, they can be either really amazingly awesome or like pennies. And obviously currently it's just not basically making money. And I'm okay with that. I 
didn't build it to make money. I built it because I wanted to learn about coffee and I have. So in that regard, it's a successful uh, project so far. But in the long term, if more people start coming to the site, I'm going to have to upgrade my hosting. In, in fact, I'm, I'm surprised that my host or, or the host service that I'm using has not contacted me already because I, I blew past my traffic limit and I haven't experienced any problems yet. So so how, how many uh-huh. visitors are, uh, can you talk about it, are visiting the site? Yeah, it's, it's not a ton anymore. The, the interest has definitely tapered off just a little bit because it's not you know up high on product hunt anymore and it's not on Reddit anymore. It's way down the charts. Um, but the first like first three days we got like seventeen thousand page views. That's amazing. Which yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now we're at like twenty five thousand, so it's tapered off. But we're we're averaging like almost two thousand page views a day, which is pretty impressive for something that just launched in a very small niche. Um, and I'm happy with that. the The problem is that the submissions have tapered way faster than the traffic. Yeah. So I'm having to like reach out and be like, hey, have you tried a coffee? And uh, and that's the problem that I knew that I would have going into it because people aren't trying four coffees a week. They're trying one every two weeks, most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to keep it active and updated is going to be tough. Most of that hinges on me and the, the massive amounts of coffee I have. Um, so I'm keeping some kind of in the reserves. But uh, yeah. So far, the business plan is to just keep going, try to keep growing it, and uh, if it does continue to grow and it doesn't just completely stagnate and nobody visits it anymore, then I'll keep it going for as long as I can. That's That's, awesome. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm enjoying it. It's keeping me busy, and the community that's already there and very active is great. We have a little Slack group where everybody can anybody can join it, and we just talk about bunch of random stuff mostly coffee but you know we've talked about tech and other stuff um so quickly before i let you go uh you you told me that you just bought a new phone oh i didn't buy it oh you got it it's a review unit oh sweet finally you're back to reviewing phones yeah i guess uh so tell me (laughs) so uh yeah i mean because this is ostensibly a tech podcast and we haven't really talked about tech (laughs) um what's uh what what, what's been on on your radar the last few years uh last few months maybe last few weeks whatever what's kind of stood out to you uh as far as tech goes not a whole lot i mean i was really excited about oculus until i found out that you know six hundred dollars plus you're gonna have to have a really beasty computer so my interest in that completely waned. Um, <laughs> I think there's going to have to be like public Oculus stations. Somebody needs so, to make an Oculus arcade. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> With like um, customizable nose strips so that you don't get everybody's like yeah. nasty sweat. Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw this thing, I wanted it though. The Nexus 6P. It's nice. And I got it, not officially, but as a review unit, so... That's new. I haven't had a review phone in uh, like about a year now. So it feels really nice to actually take the plastic off the phone for once. Sounded good. Yeah. Um, But really, I haven't been keeping up with tech, which makes me sound terrible. I've been mainly keeping up with video games. uh, But you know what? That sounds refreshing and amazing. 
and good for you. <laughs> yeah. Because if I didn't keep up with tech, my life would be a whole lot simpler. And uh, you probably wouldn't have a job. I might. I might be a librarian. That's what okay. my uh, that's what my job profile keeps telling me. <laughs> simpler life, man. Simpler life. Yeah. Well, I would say that my life has become simpler, but it's not. I just replaced the one massive thing called tech with tiny little things all around. So. Amen, brother. Yeah. Well, uh, Taylor, thank you so so yeah. much. Um, I, I I cannot thank you enough for for being on the show. Uh, I know you got to run. So. Um, Parting words, uh, maybe your favorite brewing method and what you're drinking right now. Okay. Um, favorite brewing method. I've been in really enjoying the Kalita Wave lately. I bought the wrong one a few weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago. I meant to get the larger Kalita Wave, which is the 185. I got the 155, which is like, it's about the size of an espresso cup. <laughs> and I didn't realize that when I got it. Um, but I still enjoy the coffee from it. It's really good. And right now I am drinking El Paraiso. El Paraiso from Mountain Air Roasters out of Asheville, North Carolina. It's really good stuff. Um, not my favorite roast from them, but the roastery itself is really good. All right. Awesome. Oh, I was going to add just really quickly because I, I kind of rambled for too long. Um, with the Best M Coffee, it was something I hadn't really thought about before I launched the site, but since I've launched it, I've gotten a lot of emails and a lot of feedback and interest in doing my own subscription service, which is uh, kind of under my belt already. I've done that before, so. That would be pretty neat. Yeah, we'll you, you've, done you... the, you've, you've done the distribution, so um, that uh, that seems like a pretty natural next step. Yeah, and it, it may happen, but it, the, the plus there would be that it would be uh, picked from the community really so totally that's expensive maybe because you have to source different roasters and um varietals every every couple weeks but yeah it'd be tough know, but i've done it before, that's what so. people pay premiums for that stuff all the time right so I mean, just look at the wine community oh, scotch yeah. it's crazy so uh where can people find you on the interwebs uh, there are a lot of places. <laughs> Where would my, you prefer they find you? My personal Twitter and Instagram are Casper Tech. That's Casper, uh, like in the ghost, and T-E-K. That's the best Okay. Place. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 